podcast one production. Created for expectant parents, new mums, new grandparents, or women thinking about becoming pregnant. This series guides you through the highs and lows of pregnancy, giving birth, and the complexities of parenting. Welcome to Birth, Baby, and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Midwife Kath, welcome. I sound, <laughs> I sound, um, I sound like I've been up crying all night. I'm, I'm just a bit. Lucky. You've been singing, haven't you? Been You've la- been singing all night. Lucky in sleep. I felt like crying all night. So that's oh. that's what's going on, which is kind of apt. It given- sounds really good. Oh, does yes. it? <laughs> <laughs> Always so complimentary. <laughs> but it's that because we're, we're talking about controlled crying today. Yeah, I call it passive settling just to make, you know, make it sound a little better. Right. So um, it, it's, it's, you know, um, originally been called controlled crying, um, but... Um, I've called it passive setting in my books just to just to make it sort of less confrontational, you know, that you have to control a baby and they have to cry all the time, even though they do cry yeah. a lot and that's part of the, the process. Um, I just think if you, if you, you know, think of um, being that this passive settling, that this is what you have to do to get a baby to go to sleep. Babies need to learn how to go back to sleep. And it gets to a certain age, the baby gets to a certain age when they just don't know how to go to sleep, whether they've, unless they're being fed by the breast or fed by a bottle or having a dummy or being in the parent's bed or being rocked or, you know, things like that. And it becomes, like it just be, can become a nightmare because sleep deprivation, as we all know, is a shocker. I would have assumed, I mean, like a lot of people who are as ignorant of children as I am. You're learning though. I'm learning though, I am. <laughs> you know, but I, you would assume that it's instinctive. You know, babies, they, they wake, they cry, they sleep, they feed, they sleep. But Well, I think that, you know, every parent wants to do the right thing. Everyone. Everyone just wants to do the right thing and be good parents and help their baby. And so... Days go into weeks, go into months of getting up, putting a dummy in, breastfeeding. imagine. And it just goes on and on where it gets to the point where, you know, the mum or the dad or both or the partner or the ba- and the baby are just all Exhausted. so tired that they actually don't end up being, the babies don't end up being happy during the day. They're sort of grizzling all the time mm. and then the mum gets really irritated and irritable and that affects your relationship. And so there, there is a safe way to um, get the baby back to sleep. But there's a few things. They actually have to be old enough. And I, I always put the line at six months. Mm. And also they need to be a decent weight. And that is about eight kilos. Mm. So whatever comes first. Um, and um, you, you just don't do this or any sort of crying with a little baby, a newborn baby or any baby under six months. You just don't do it. You've just got to go with it. And feed the baby to sleep or, or rock it or put it into bed, whatever it is to get through the night. Okay, so we're going to be talking about, it's not controlled crying, you refer to it as... Passive settling. All right, we're going to be talking about passive settling, which undoubtedly is controversial in some areas, which is which is no problem at all. But we've brought in a very um, good friend and somebody who is very also, um, I think, a supporter of p- 
passive settling. Your great friend Bridie Huggins. Hi, Bride. Hello. How are you? Good Thanks for coming you. in. Thank you. And Bridie has three children under five years of age. Three, I'm oh, oh. sorry, five five years, three and seven months. Yes. Yeah. Oh, two. Yes. Oh, sorry, two. Sorry, yes. five, five, two and seven months. <laughs> Something like that. There's too many now. And twins on the way. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, you've done control crying or passive settling. I won't say control crying again, but you've done passive settling with all yes. three, and yes. I remember with Charlie, your yes. first baby, um, you know, like all mums, you're breastfeeding, you're feeding so well. Then he started to wake up mm-hmm. frequently, didn't yes, he? Yes, just four, five times a night. Yeah, yes. and you're both really tired. Mm-hmm. You and Jules were both really tired. Yes. How did you feel about starting passive settling? I think the first, especially for the first time, it was really tough because you felt I was feeding to sleep and or rocking to sleep or whatever means I could to make it a gentle experience. Yeah. And the first time you think, what am I doing? This child is crying. It's the first time you really hear them cry for an extended period of time. Uh, so enlisted help of for example, you and also our friend Emily who had gone through the experience before. So it was tough the first time, absolutely. But it wasn't as tough as getting up four or five times a night. I was just going to interject just to to paint the picture for me. So first baby, Mm. just not sleeping or very difficult to get to sleep. Yeah, so waking up. waking up a lot. So four or five times a night that you're getting up and then having to rock back. So it might take, you know, waking up, feeding, and then it might take another half an hour to get back to sleep and then they're up another two hours later. Yeah. I, okay, Kath, explain to me just quickly, just so we set the landscape, we'll, we'll go into the, the control or passive... Um, settling. Passive settling, thank you. <laughs> I'm really good at this. Um, I'm going to do that on you tonight. <laughs> what's the other option? The other option is that parents, I mean, are there just two or is the other option? No, is there's it? plenty of hmm. options. Um, but uh, as I said before, under six months personally as a professional and, and as what I teach, I don't do anything to babies under six months or eight kilos. Keep them, mm. keep just, them just feed close. them and, and rock them and get through. So six months is a real, you draw a line in the sand. Dummies are a real problem if babies are waking up frequently. Um, sometimes parents are just putting the dummy back in and they suck the dummy and then they go back to sleep. So when I start passive settling, I stop the dummy, throw it out. And a lot of the time, the dummy, which is another issue, is that the parents find it really hard to give up the dummy Mm. um, because they're so used to putting it in and the baby going back to sleep. It's, it's, It's really difficult for them to put that dummy in the rubbish bin. And Sometimes there's about 16 scattered through the house or around the bed. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Were you, so Bridie, like, so. Or well, breastfeeding's the same. You yeah, know, yeah. Think, yeah. So you, so you contact Kath. Kath yes. says, let's have a go into this. Yes. All right. Set yes. me up, ladies. So um, when, like, Charlie was at that age mm. and they just can't put themselves back to sleep. So when, yep. you know, Bridie was getting up and feeding him, um, instead of him going back to sleep and sleeping four or five hours, he was taking a half an hour to go back to sleep and then, you know, you just fall into bed and you have the deepest of deep sleep dribbling, you know, and yep. then before you know it... Hour and a half, again. two hours. That's yep. right. What, yeah. was, what was that like that time? It's pretty horrendous. You're waking up the next day and... There's a lot of coffee consumed, (laughs) (laughs) but it's getting through the day. But with one child, you can kind of do that to an extent, but it's, it's full on. You're not 
communicating very well to anyone, it has a really significant impact on day-to-day functioning. Because just breastfeeding, Brooke, puts another layer of tiredness Mm. on you, doesn't it, Bridie? Yes. It's just there's another depth to your tiredness, let alone not sleeping properly. So if you're not sleeping properly, especially after midnight, which is our jet lag time for our Mm. brain, you feel just so tired that you have the deep nausea in your tummy and that's why you want to eat or or drink coffee or just do yeah. something. And then you're yeah. just a little bit irritable all the time. All the time. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Me on a Sunday morning after a big Saturday <laughs> yeah. night. It's pretty much the equivalent. That's a single a girl's parent. control. All, 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 yeah. the time, yeah. all the time. Yeah. So you so you went to Kath and she said, yes. try these. Yes. Were you, and you were open to it because you were so exhausted. Absolutely. And right. I needed something to help me. And, and so when... Um, I consult anyone uh, mm. about control crying. I go through the whole process yes. and explain, A, it is safe. Yes. Now, there's a lot of studies out to say that Absolutely. it's safe. And there's always scaremongering in the baby community mm-hmm. to say that it's going to hurt the baby and it's, you know, they stress the baby out. Did mm. you hear that, Bridie? I mean, what were your concerns at that stage? Well, I think, well, you're also, you're so sleep deprived, so you're not thinking straight anyway. So you're quite, I think it makes you a little bit anxious regardless of what's going on. So yes, you definitely hear the scaremongering and kind of that attachment parenting kind of mentality, which isn't really attachment parenting, but. But it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, do people, and do you have that now that you've you've used controlled crying for your children, do you feel that, is it one of those things with mothers? You know, did you breastfeed? Oh, definitely. Did you control yeah, yeah. crying? I think it is. It is still. Yeah. What's that? You yeah. think that, that there's, yeah. it's one of those... Well, what I think also, do you, did you find, well, I know you had um, Emily, who's, yes. who's also a good friend of ours, who had um, has four children, yeah. and I've talked Emily through it. So mm. she'd done it. It's really great to have... A close friend oh, with children, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Who's to done know it, it works yeah. and very successful. But also the studies out there as yes. well are all the evidence-based studies like from the Royal Children's Hospital and really good resources like that. They all say it's a very safe method. And it's, it's better because the baby sleeps but also the mother sleeps. And you know I always yes. rant about we want okay. a happy mum. We yeah. want a happy mum who's well slept and we just we just work a little bit better and we function mm-hmm. better. We respond to our baby and our partners. Parent better. Parent yeah. better. Yeah. And our tolerance is higher mm-hmm. and, you know, it's just you feel happy. Not as though you're skipping through like, you know, you're in play school. It's just that sleep deprivation versus being well slept. Just, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So did you do you find in like mothers groups mm. or like your community that you work, you know, socialise in yes. that there are some people either? In, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Which is fine. Each to their absolutely. own. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But um, it's it's something that I would probably talk to some people about yeah. and some people I wouldn't talk about. Mm. So, And some people opinions. are just like. I'm not doing it, yeah, which is fine. That's fine. Yeah, I know through consultations that come to me. I mean, I can tell in the first five minutes what's going on, and you know, I understand. I take a medical history and I understand what's going on. And there are usually three things. It's usually being fed to sleep, mm-hmm. breastfed to sleep, and yep. getting up and down all night, which I love. And yeah, I, I love promote. that too. Yeah, yeah, it's really lovely. And it you is. can still mm. do it, but it just it's it's different, isn't it? it once is you do once well, they you can do settle the themselves. You don't they have to can. do the whole rocking and everything afterwards. You can which, feed which is just hard on your back too, isn't it? Oh, yes. It's really hard when you've got Many an eight kilo appointments. baby. Yes. <laughs> all right, you guys are going to have to take me back. What is involved? What what, what do you do? Okay, so. Um, 
the way I teach it, if if I was just teaching you how to do it, I say we God forbid. <laughs> we, we have got to do a few things to get your baby back to sleep. First of all, the baby has to be well. No illness, no temperature, you know, nothing that just recovering from a virus or anything like that. So the baby has to be in, in perfect health. The baby, as I said before, needs to be six months and or eight kilos. So over six months, any time over six months, not under, not, um, you know, lightweight. If they're premature, have to sort of work out the, their um, corrected age. And it, I take every case on, you know, on the individual basis. Like Bridie said, mm. you can't just one size doesn't fit all. So at six months, if there's a dummy, I I, I say you, you actually, if you want this to work, you need the dummy to go. Bridie, did you have dummies? My kids never had dummies. Okay. Never took them. So tried. No. Tick for you, all right? Yeah. Well, I just tried, didn't work. Okay. Yeah. And uh, as I said earlier, it's just, it's, it's hard as a parent mm. to throw those dummies yeah. out because it, Look, it's... Give you relief, Kath? Well, what the dummies do is that they, they stop the baby crying and, and and parents find it hard to hold the distress yes. of babies crying. Yeah, sitting with that is hard. Especially if you think the baby is crying, they're, they're in pain. Mm. Where sometimes, like, babies just do yeah, cry. it's their communication. <laughs> it is their yeah. communication. But this is different crying. This is a whole mm. level different. And they have to escalate their crying and de-escalate. So going back, depends how they're dressed and where they're sleeping. If they're by the mum and dad's bed, that's fine. It's up to them again. If the mum and dad or parents or partners all ready to move the baby into a cot, into the baby's own room, that is ideal. But again, personal decision. Everyone's different. I always give the baby some Panadol before I start the passive settling on the first night, mainly because it's usually teething time and when parents hear the baby crying, first thing the mums are going to think is, oh, my God, maybe the baby's in pain. I'll just go and pick it up. That's a real thing, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. It's a, it's a good thing to do. Yeah. yeah. So I usually give um, Panadol and Nurofen. And a bottle uh, of scotch for the mother. <laughs> after the bath. Yeah. And then just a small breastfeed or bottle feed, whatever the baby needs, and then kiss the baby goodnight and pop the baby down into the cot and say, this is Kath's idea. Like, it's got nothing to do with us. <laughs> <laughs> so you just sign that off. Um, and then the baby will cry. You leave the room and then after two minutes go back in. And I usually um, stay about... 15 to 20 seconds and just reassure the baby and say, mummy's here, it's okay, I'm going to come back, everything's fine, just rub his tummy, rub his hair, everything's fine. Now, they're not going to stop crying because you'll be there for three years if you're going to wait for them to stop crying. Oh, God. uh, Yeah, Yeah. and then you leave the room and then you get the iPhone um, and wait for four minutes and go back in do the same thing. I usually encourage the same parent to mm. do it. So if, you know, um, the mum's doing it, do it, or if the partner's doing it or dad's doing it. Every night or just that night? Just this first this first bit. Yeah, right. Because there's a whole story to it. Okay. Yeah. So it's two minutes, four minutes, six minutes, eight minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, okay, of crying and going in and out. Oh, and that's that can be like at pitch pitch kind of... Sometimes. Yeah. It d- depends about the child. Sometimes they cry really bad. Some some children 
just get it very quickly. Yeah. yeah. But they, they actually have to cry to slow so, down to mm, go to sleep. Right. And that's when it's learnt. That's it. It can mm. take more like an hour and 15 an hour, yeah. an hour and a half, you know, and you are outside the room drinking the bottle of wine Absolutely. out of the bottle, yeah. you know, mm. no glass, no straw. <laughs> and But um, look, I actually go in and do it for some people because they, they, they can't hold that distress of home. Mm. So what happens after the 15 minutes, Kath, and then you say it goes on, do you start back at, again? Well, <laughs> I, it depends. I usually go either 15 again or if people find that the baby is just not slowing down at mm. all, I go in, pick the baby up, give a drink of breast or bottle, whatever they're doing, and then calm the baby and put the baby back to bed. They will go to sleep, same outcome. What I don't want is the baby to be crying for like five hours. No. Yeah. We've never really got to that extra no, you 15. Don't. No, you no. don't, do you? No. you? You mean after that f- first 15? Yeah. it's. I, I can't think of a time that we've gone past that. So two, two things happen. The, the first thing that happens is that within about six to eight minutes, the baby has a lull for about mm. five seconds. Yeah. And that's when you high five right. each other because they're nearly there. They're, they're nearly <laughs> there. They're nearly there. And you sort of go, oh, and then they start crying mm. again. Now, if it, that's in the middle of the six minute cry, you don't go back to two minutes. You just keep going on mm. the six minute um, program. Then the next thing is they just go to sleep at the 10 to 15 yeah. minute mark, don't yep. they, B? Yeah. And it's... They're just tired. They calm themselves well, down. Well, they, they just learn they to learn. go to sleep. It's like and a it's, skill they've learned. Yeah. Mm. So how long did this, this whole process take you with Charlie, your first baby? Charlie was... He got it pretty quickly. I think, like, the first night... First night um, was pretty good. The second night was a bit more challenging. And then from there, no one... Was fine. A second child, not so much. It's oh, just different personality. Just very different personality, yeah. and we see that with our two-year-old now. So just, she's different. different. <laughs> so what happened with the controlled crying process? You started at six months, like Charlie, and then just took a bit longer. So let, let me interrupt there, Brooke. So what happens that first night? That first session is the hardest usually. Oh, that was just the first session. This we is were just talking. the first yeah. session. Oh, so damn. this is the first yeah. session of the first night. I thought we do some. That's what we do every night. No, no, no. no. So. So um, what happens after that first session? The baby goes to sleep and then um, then you have to wait for the baby to wake up the next time. Now, it might be 10 o'clock, it might be 1 o'clock, it might be 11.30, whatever time it is. And then I usually say wait for two minutes because there is a slim chance that the baby will actually go back to sleep. I love mm. that. There is a slim chance. <laughs> We're all hopeful happen. at that we moment. We are all hopeful. I'm always positive. <laughs> so... Um, if they don't go back to sleep, you start the process again, two, four, six. Really, very rarely get past six minutes by mm. that stage. They yeah. they learn so quickly. Yeah. The next time they wake up, I, I always draw a line at 3.30 or 4 o'clock in mm. the morning and always give them a drink then. Yeah. So what I expect babies at this age to be doing is um, bath at 6.37, going to bed, um, going to sleep, um, maybe a dream feed at 10 o'clock if mm. they want, and that's a feed in their sleep, whether it's a bottle, whether it's a breast, and then going through till 3.34, having a really nice drink, breast milk or formula, whatever it is, and then going back to sleep till 7. Now, that 4 o'clock feed is really common for babies mm. and they they tend to, to wake around that time, give them a drink, back to sleep, 
and that's how you get them to around the seven to eight o'clock, you know, sleeping through to them. Again, all babies are different. Some babies sleep right through, but the majority of babies will wake up at that four. Now that four, as they, four o'clock in the morning, as they get older and put on more weight, they actually sleep longer. And, and you know, probably by about 12 months, that four o'clock, 4am goes. Hmm. Then the next night and during the day, you, look, you aim to just put the baby down and they sort of end up having like a mantra of either crying a little bit or having a sing or talking yeah. to themselves, goo goo gaga, all that sort of stuff. And they just learn. And I remember after Charlie was born, after Charlie, you did it with Charlie, mm. I remember clearly you said his sleep is completely different. Yeah. In the day, especially the day, being yeah. able to put him down and not having to rock or feed him to sleep and take that extra 40 minutes sometimes to get him to sleep. Just put him down, he'd have a bit of a chat and go to sleep. Yeah. I just think that trying to settle a baby is causes so much anxiety. Absolutely. There's nothing more anxiety-provoking and it's such a defeatist feeling, isn't mm-hmm. it? You just don't think you're going anywhere. And you can get quite angry because at the baby. Yeah, absolutely. Because they're just not going to sleep. Then you talk to another mum down the road and she says, oh, my baby's sleeping 12 hours a night. And you just mm. slack a knife in your heart. Yeah. Because you feel like a failure, don't you? Absolutely. And some babies just seem to just sleep. They just they know what to do. They do and they're born I haven't like had that. that experience. No, I didn't either. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Well, this is fascinating. So it, it obviously works. It mm. really works. I did it with um, my son when he was eight months old and um, he was waking like Charlie every hour and a half and I was just exhausted. Uh, it was just the, the right time. And one night and really the next night I was up all night checking him because he slept 12 hours. Mm. It yeah. was They yeah. sort of nearly want it, don't they? Oh, babe? yes. Um, and I think I've seen it most in my third, who's now seven months, and we've just recently done it with her. And you could see that she was trying to put herself to sleep almost. She just needed that skill. So we waited, of course, till she was six months and over eight kilos. Um, And it worked wonders. And then she got a cold because she's the youngest and she gets everything. (laughs) That's right. And so we didn't do it for that period because she was sick. And um, lots of love and cuddles then. And now she's well again. So it's back back, into it. Yeah. Yeah. And she picked it up really quickly And what is she sleeping now? She's still up. Once a night. Like four, yeah, yeah. three or four. Yeah, three or four. Yeah. yeah. And I you don't mind once a night, I do you? I don't care at all. You, it's really actually a beautiful feed, isn't it? Don't well. you think? Oh, it's, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah it's when, it's, when, it, you, when you've got a little baby and you know that it's going the to time, end soon. No, yeah. the time goes so fast and, and you go to them and you have that, you've had a sleep and oh, you feel nice and you feel right. very loving yeah. towards them and it's really you're just good beautiful. Work. Yeah. I'm not up every hour and a half. I know, I know. You just feel better as a mum and that's so important to feel good mm. as a mum because it's tough, you know. Yes. And with social media, there's so many people telling you it's wrong, you're not allowed to yes. do it, it's going to hurt the baby, parent. they're going to be in therapy, and yes. it's going to, there's cortisol <laughs> level, which no one, no, no mum understands and these people just sort of put these this fear onto mm. them. And the studies have shown that it's actually better mm. for this short, sharp intervention, intervention yeah. rather than the mum being chronically tired. Yes. So how long, um, I, I want to ask you a whole bunch of stuff about the anxiety and about all, you know, these bits. So how long did it take Charlie? You said he caught on quite quickly. He but did. We're talking about a month. We oh, no, no, like two nights. <laughs> Brooks, I don't understand. we've got to call the paramedic again. <laughs> 
don't understand the problem here. I was only up myself with myself last night and I'm, you know, crying myself to sleep. I'm exhausted. <laughs> so, so some babies can take two nights. The yes. longest really is about seven nights. Yeah. But it's not... And never as hard as that first session, no, is it? No, never as hard. You that don't need as the, much wine the next one. You, the, you only need half a bottle of wine the second night. <laughs> so but the first the first night, the first session yeah. is tough. It is. And it's never, that's not the only time, as Bridie just said with Hazel, that she had a cold, mm. so you stop it. So yeah. if they get sick. Yeah. And so colds, travelling, um, yeah. you know, going away for Christmas, different houses, babies feel this and it unsettles their, yeah. their sleep. So when you come back to your house, you start it again. But because they've learnt it so well the first time, they snap into it. Yes, don't they, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's different. So, so tell me about your, um, that first night, about the anxiety. I mean, I mean, people who are listening who obviously either have tried it, have failed, are curious about it. Yes. But what are they in for? It's like... Kath said, sitting with that distress is tough because it's something that we don't do very often as well. And we're all about caring for our babies and everyone wants to be the best parent they possibly can. So you're listening to your baby crying. Um, Yeah, it's tough. It is tough. So your partner, husband, partner, whoever it is, needs to be there with you. And about that, were you both on the same page? Oh, he absolutely. Say, I'm breaking down the door. I don't care what you're doing. I'm going to go pick that, up. That's a really good point though, yeah. isn't it? Because it is. your partner has to be on the same page. Otherwise, it doesn't work. If someone goes in and disrupts the process, it's not fair for the baby either. Yeah. They're kind of half learning this skill, half getting picked up, so confused. And that's when it doesn't work. Yeah. So having the partner on the same page. Yes. And, and many times when I when I consult people, I say, do, are you both happy to do it? If one says, look, my husband's actually more onto this than I am, you either say, well, go out mm. and let him do it or let's know when you're actually both on the same page. Yeah. And it it gets to the point when you're that tired, you just think, I have to do something because your relationship, you're like you're fighting with your partner. Yes, absolutely. Don't you think? And, yeah. and you, you end up getting, look, I can't, I'll say it so many times, but you get so irritable with people that you're just mm. tired and cranky all the time. Mm-hmm. And this is supposed to be a nice time when you've got a little baby, but there's so much information to say you're not allowed to do anything to your baby that it makes you feel guilty. Absolutely. But when you've got a partner who's, you know, what what would you say to people who whose partner's not on board? How would you sort of... Yeah, that's a tough one. I think you'd need to have that conversation. It's almost getting someone over to look after the child so you can go and have a really serious conversation about it because if you're not on the same page... Yeah, like you said, it just won't work. So you work. need to be on the same page. And it's also, not fair otherwise. you know, why I also like this process is that the parents can do it in their own home. Yes. They feel, don't you think you feel good as a parent when they start to go to sleep? Yes, you really success. Feel, I like, felt good. I can do this. Yeah, I felt good. I, I thought, this. oh, gosh, I'm quite successful at yeah, this parenting yeah. camp. <laughs> and, you know, I was an expert and I knew what I was doing. But I actually felt great that I taught my son how to go to sleep. Whereas, you know... I understand sleep schools, uh, mm. you know, weren't needed, but I also want to teach parents that they can do it safely themselves. It's mm. about holding that distress, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is just, holding the distress. And holding that anxiety, uh, anxiety yeah. that, yeah. and not trying to get people blocking that thought pattern. And sometimes it's best not to tell people because yeah. if you tell someone like saying, I'm doing control crying tonight, they go, oh, really? have you ever heard that, you know, yeah. they end up in therapy? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
So when when is it wrong? Like when are you doing it wrong? Have you ever thought in those? Oh, totally. You think, oh, she's yeah. definitely got, um, she's definitely teething or she's yes. definitely, like so many things going through your head. And that's when you need your partner <laughs> there to reassure saying, you. no, 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 we're doing the right thing. Yeah. And it kind of goes both ways that we both have that time of, should we go in and get her? She's been crying for a long time or whatever. And I think as women, we're, you know, and I'm not to say that men or other partners are, are not as emotionally involved because they are. Yes. But because we've carried the baby and when, especially yeah. when we're lactating and things like that, our hormones are just oh, through warring, the roof. Through yes. the roof. And our judgment's like a little bit woo woo woo. And men are often the, that voice of reason. Yes. And a lot of the guys come to me and say, I'm ready. We want to do it. I'll do it. You know, I'm happy for my partner to go out. You know, have out, a sleep, go to the bed, whatever. Go, go, yeah, go to mum's place idea. or go, go out yeah. and I'll do it. And as I said, I go around to people's places and do it because sometimes both can't do it. And as long as they've got me there um, and I just do it because being emotionally one step behind, mm. it's just because it's not my child but I feel confident about it, yeah. I can teach and I do it for people that first session. I don't stay overnight. I'm too old for that. <laughs> Plus my pyjamas might <laughs> scare the living daylights out of people. <laughs> Bridie, so you're, 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 you've done it all three kids. You're a proponent. What would you say? Yeah, what would you say to people out there who are considering it but they've read all the, the fear-mongering, all the... If, I mean, if people, there are a lot of good resources out there as well that suggest that it doesn't do any harm and it's a very good skill to learn. But it, it's so good for the parents to get some sleep too. I mean, if people are okay with the sleep that they're getting and they don't want to do it, that's yeah, up to them. Fine. Absolutely. But mm. for me, I needed more sleep because it was starting to impact on so on my relationship, on the children, the other kids. On your body. On your body, everything. I mean, you you're just you, exhausted. You just, like childbirth, yeah. lactation, yes. sleep deprivation. You, you get know, it all. <laughs> yeah. It's big. Yeah. And so then what happens when Charlie hits um, toddler age and he's coming up and jumping out? Then does how does that those, those you very... do it you do it you do the same thing but in a different yeah. way. Um, one of the tricks I use is especially with the older toddler is keep your eyes open. Yes, I and, use this thing. Yeah. <laughs> and did this work for you? Yeah, yes. Um, because the the toddler when they're in a bed, say three or three around three, two and a half, three. Mm. Um, first of all, I don't get ba- toddlers out of the cot for quite some time. So I tend to leave them in as long as possible, mm. even if that's three, three and a half, that, you know, they're not going to outgrow the cot. That's all they know. And that security is better than having um, a child wandering around, you know, <laughs> tapping you on the head in the middle of the night. Um, I had one couple who thought there was a, um, there was, you know, someone robbing their house. So they, you know, creeped oh, out. No. And they, you know, one guy had the, the t- tennis racket or something like that. And they walked out to hear the noise. There's the toddler sitting up with the remote. Watching television. <laughs> Good move. Yeah, um, they need to go back in the cot. So, um, so what I do with the older toddler is, you know, talk to them, and especially when they go, "I want one more. Oh, yes. I want daddy. Yes. I want another book. Very I want that. a drink. <laughs> I need to go to the toilet. I'm scared." They are. They're the best. Fantastic. Yeah. But they don't have the cognitive understanding of what they're doing. All they know is they just want mum attention, attention, attention. attention. Yeah. So I usually say, look lay there and I'm just going to the bathroom, keep your eyes open. Don't go to sleep. Keep your eyes open and I'll be back. And then you go back in two minutes and you go, well done, you've done a good job. Now, Daddy just needs me, so 
keep those eyes open again and don't go to sleep. I'm coming back. Nine times out of ten, they're like this. You know, yeah. Their eyes are like <laughs> rolling in their head and they go to sleep. The worst thing is to say to toddlers or little children, go to sleep, I'm going to lock the door if you, you know, like these fear things that a lot of people do to kids. Yeah. You, you know, you're Play naughty and, you know, or give in and, you know, lay there, lay on the ground holding hands. We won't mention anyone's <laughs> name, Emily. And... Um, <laughs> Come on, tell what's going on here. What what, what are you both oh, inside joke? You have to share with all of us now. Oh, a friend of ours, her partner was laying on the ground holding her baby's um, first hand child. in the cot, first child, <laughs> and she told hurt? me true confessions and I said, what? <laughs> He's what? He's on the ground holding him. No, 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 no. And that's when she did um, control yeah, crying for the first time. Yeah. And it worked for her as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, the yeah. go-to person. Yeah, yes. absolutely. So what do you do if you, okay, so say I don't do controlled crying, does it just mean that I'm up for a lifetime of sleep deprivation? or Usually. And look, it does set up, um, well, the, the passive settling sets up a really good sleep process. Babies under six months, they just can't settle themselves to sleep. They can't self-settle. And this, you know, mm. this... They're growing, Kath, putting on weight. Oh, no, they're babies. So you know, they're just so mm. little and they just need to be close and they need to be sucking on the breast and they need to feel... They're babies. Mm. This is why we have babies, to love and nurture them. We don't have to let put them in a cot awake feeling fearful and unsafe and unfed and cold. and what. So that's why we wrap and that's why we make them feel nice and calm and feed. But then there's a line when they are capable of doing it. Yeah. It's not... You can kind of see it too you with them. You can see yeah. it. Yeah. It took and me to it. my third child to realise <laughs> that, but yes. But you, but you can, can't you? Like, yeah. Yeah. And okay. plus you know, you know, you know yourself that you just can't keep, um, yeah. keep going. You know, the bottom line is people just don't want babies to cry. They think they're hurting or doing the wrong yes. thing. It's about safely understanding. Now, this works all the time. The only time it doesn't work is when you're doing the process and you go in and you either give a dummy or you or you breastfeed or you can't cope with yeah. that crying. And I understand that. I've been with, with couples who just can't cope with yep. the crying. They go, we can't do it anymore. Go, go in and get the baby. Yeah. It's what you've got to feel good about. And I know that eventually they do go to sleep. Like they get there. Um, it's about yes. having that confidence in yourself, isn't it? And yeah. and trusting the process. Yeah. But um, you know, it, it's it's about you know learning um, that babies have to be old enough. They have to be big enough, and they then they're just capable of doing it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, it was fascinating. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you never yeah. know. I mean. Repeatedly, Kath talks about, you know, it's expectations. Do I know I don't know? There's so much information out so there. Much. What works for me doesn't work for you. What happened to my, you know, it, you just yeah. don't know where to begin. And that's where the uncertainty starts, isn't it? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So you can, you can, you can do some passive settling. I got it, Kath. <laughs> uh, um, and then so it may work for some, it may not. It may be what you want, it may not be. That's but right, each to their own. Yeah. So, Kath, if you're, gonna, if you're kind of curious about this now, where would you start to look for some information? Well, I've got it. Your book's really written good. Out, yeah, I've got it in my yeah. book. I think both books I've yeah, got it. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah um, the first six weeks and mm. after the first six weeks. Um, and a lot of people just go and, you know, go through that and they do it themselves. Yeah, Some people need a consultation and exactly, yeah. Yeah. you know. Um, it's it's just about the confidence and knowing that you're not doing something wrong. You don't do it with a sick baby. You make sure you give Panadol and Nurofen just the first time. That's all because that's the hardest. And, and those drugs aren't 
or those medicines aren't sedation, like they're not going to put the baby to mm. sleep. They remove any pain if the baby is teething. And usually at that time, the, the teeth are moving through the mm. bone. And so they are, they do have a bit of discomfort. So it does help you to... Mentally. And you don't yeah. need anything else after that. You don't need to do it. They learn. It's it's about, it's a behavioural learning, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know? Old enough, heavy enough, not sick and parents... At home. At home. And, and you're not consistent. going to London the next week for six weeks. Yeah, at yeah, home. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. Be consistent. <laughs> oh, oh, gee whiz, that throws my plans out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Bridie, it's been a pleasure. Kath, thank you thank for you. always explaining these things. Thanks, Brooke. Thanks, B. Mm, and thank um, sleep well. Yes. Oh, success story. <laughs> <laughs> This has been Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Birth, Baby and Beyond is recorded in the studios of Podcast One Melbourne, Australia. Executive producer is Brooke Carrigan. Audio production by Darcy Thompson and music by Matt Nikolich. For more episodes, head to podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app.